It's 6 p.m. and you are tuned to your community radio station, KVMR-FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino. Today is a snowy Friday, February 24th. I'm Kelly Reese and this is your KVMR Evening News. After the California report, we'll take a look at the details of this winter weather storm sweeping through our listening area. Before KVMR's intern news producer, Julia Jem, speaks with Robbie Ruschke. He's the supervisor volunteer for Nevada County's Red Cross. Find out how the local organization, which is staffed by a majority of volunteers, is doing. Then, on the one-year anniversary of Russia's invasion of Ukraine, KVMR's Felton Pruitt sits down with Walt Stroney, the artistic advisor for Arts at Peace. The group is putting on a benefit concert for Ukraine this Sunday at the Peace Lutheran Church in Grass Valley. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. State Attorney General Rob Bont is launching a civil rights investigation into the Riverside County Sheriff's Office. Here's Bonta speaking at a news conference yesterday. Amid concerning levels of in-custody deaths, troubling allegations of excessive force, and other misconduct, too many families and communities in Riverside are hurting and looking for answers. And last year, Riverside Jails reported their deadliest year in two decades. 20 incarcerated people have died in Riverside County Jails since January of last year. Bonta says investigators will look at whether Sheriff Chad Bianco's department has taken part in a pattern of unconstitutional conduct that violates state or federal law. Sheriff Bianco vehemently denies the accusations in a YouTube video response. Mr. Bonta has repeatedly shown he bows and caters to activists instead of hearing from all Californians who the Attorney General is supposed to represent. This will prove to be a complete waste of time and resources. The sheriff goes on to call the investigation a political stunt, but says his department will fully cooperate with the proceedings. Two years ago, Bonta's predecessor, Javier Becerra, launched a similar investigation of the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. That investigation is ongoing. There's widespread agreement that having books in jails and prisons benefits people behind bars. But in Los Angeles County jails, there's no official library system. So a grassroots effort has started to get more books into the hands of the incarcerated. LAist senior criminal justice reporter Emily Elena Dugdale brings us the story. Oh, look at Kite Runner. I'm digging through bags and bags of donated books in Amini Sanati's car. She's a former mental health clinician in the jail. She's a gray. Wow. So much good stuff. During a career that lasted over a decade, Sanati brought in thousands of books to incarcerated people who otherwise wouldn't have much to do. On the door signs, it says they can have either paper or a book. But when you don't have books to give people, it really doesn't make sense, so I would bring books. At one point, she organized mobile bookshelves that went to every floor of Twin Towers. And every time I came back, the books were gone. But when Sanati stopped working for the jail last year, no one really stepped in to keep the project going. I've had people reach out to say there are no more books. We need more books. Are you still going to bring books? Her former employer, the Department of Health Services, told me in a statement that it does not, quote, manage, fund, or oversee the jail libraries. The Sheriff's Department told me it maintains a law library and it has a program for people to donate books. But Sanati said she'd never heard of that until her own efforts blew up. With her help in 2021, the store Skylight Books raised over $11,000 for jail books. Jail staffers and incarcerated people tell me it's a different story now. 
There's no books or anything that I've seen. That's J.C. Castro. I met him recently outside of the downtown jail lobby right after he was released from a week in Twin Towers. There's like usually nothing to do in there. You're usually just sitting there sleeping. Castro said the few books he saw were scrounged up by one guy who would go around and if he's seen a book, he'd pick it up in case anybody asked for one. Research shows that a lot of incarcerated people haven't finished high school and can't read very well. It also shows that access to books in jail helps build literacy and reduce recidivism. Books also keep things calmer on the inside. The sheriff's department agrees. An official wrote to me that books help with, quote, positive behavior in jail. That's why activists are frustrated that it's now harder to find books behind bars. I think that it's all intentionally done. That's James Nelson with the jail reform nonprofit Dignity and Power Now. Nelson was incarcerated at Men's Central Jail back in the 80s and then spent nearly 30 years in prison. It'd be folks in there that didn't even know how to read. But because of reading stuff in there, you know, guys work with each other and teach people how to read. He still remembers the impactful authors he read while locked up. Jonetta Burris, Blood in My Eyes, George Jackson. It should be a law, you know, where people have access to reading materials. Amani Sanati is doing what she can to get books into cells. What's that? I go with Sanati and her ex-colleague to drop off the car full of books at the jail entrance. Sheriff's deputies appear and help unload boxes onto rolling carts to go inside for inspection. You have more right here. Oh my God. I got a lot. I got a lot. A whole library. Exactly. (laughs) A whole library. There are a few rules for book donations. No hardcovers, no violence, no porn, no romance novels for the guys. Oh my God, have you read this book? Sonati excitedly pulls out a copy of Anthony Bourdain's Kitchen Confidential. I haven't read it, but I'm pretty sure it will make it through inspection. This is the end of it. The car is finally emptied. I can close the trunk. Despite Sanati's efforts, there's always a need for more. Since there's no return system for books, people take them when they're released, or the books get lost or tossed out. Sanati texted me a few days later to say she's planning more book drives. It's the least I can do, and it's within my reach, she wrote. She just hopes that eventually she won't have to. For the California Report, I'm Emily Elena Dugdale in Los Angeles. Following Emily's reporting, Los Angeles County's Board of Supervisors will take up the books and jails issue next week. Support for the California Report comes from Stanford Healthcare. Alerting listeners to the critical blood shortage in the area, now's the time to donate blood and make a difference. StanfordBloodCenter.org. Guideline Their automated 401k plans can be set up in 20 minutes. More at guideline.com slash CA. Guideline, the California way to 401k. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, which bets early on exceptional people making the world better, on the web at schmidtfutures.com. And finally, a quick reminder that there are only a few days left of Black History Month. There's certainly plenty of events in the state over the weekend to honor it. They range from a celebration of black farmers and chefs at the California African American Museum in Los Angeles to the sixth annual Black Joy Parade and Festival in Oakland. But there are so many other happenings in places large and small, so check out local events in your community. And that is the California Report for Friday, February 24th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Brendan Willard, Danny Bringer, Christopher Beal, and Seal Muller. Our producers are Izzy Bloom and Keith Mizuki.
Taguchi. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. Our interim director of news is Erica Kelly. Our vice president of news is Ethan Tobin Lindsay. And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm your host, Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day, and we'll talk on Monday. Let's take a look at today's local news. The County of Nevada says all western and eastern Nevada County facilities are closed due to the winter weather conditions. This includes transit services, which aren't running due to unsafe conditions. Get the very latest information about road closures and chain requirements and view live camera feeds of the state's roadways at Caltrans' QuickMap website. That's quickmap.dot.ca.gov. Nevada County and Sierra Roots are extending the extreme weather shelter for tonight. The shelter, located in the lower level of the Veterans Hall at 415 North Pine Street in Nevada City, opened at 4.30 p.m. today and will accept guests until 8 p.m. The shelter will close at 7.30 a.m. Saturday morning. Anyone experiencing a housing crisis can gain further referral assistance for shelter, food, health care, and other services by dialing 211 to speak with a local 211 connecting point call specialist. Now turning our attention to your forecast from the National Weather Service. As we remain in the midst of this winter storm, keep in mind down trees, tree limbs, and local power outages due to heavy snow and gusty winds are to be expected through early Saturday and the Sacramento's branch of the NWS is warning of more dangerous low-elevation snow. They say the snowiest of the three storms to hit Northern California will advance through much of our listening area Monday evening into Wednesday morning. For those in Grass Valley and Nevada City, tonight the snow slows down, with rain and snow showers likely before 4 a.m. It'll be mostly cloudy with a low around 28 degrees. New snow accumulation is only supposed to be less than half an inch. Saturday, mostly cloudy with a high near 42. A slight chance of rain and snow showers before noon, then the precipitation turns to mainly rain. Rain and snow returns Saturday night with a low around 32 degrees. New snow accumulation of less than an inch is expected. Sunday, rain and snow showers likely intermittently throughout the day with wind up to 25 miles per hour. Sunday's chance of precipitation is 100% with new snow accumulation of 2 to 4 inches possible. Rain and snow continue into Sunday night with a low around 30 degrees. The National Weather Service says their winter storm warning remains in effect until 4 a.m. Saturday, when it'll be replaced by a winter storm watch, in effect for this area through late Tuesday night. In Truckee and Lake Tahoe, tonight, snow mainly before 10 p.m. with a low around 18 degrees. Saturday, a 40% chance of snow with a high near 36 degrees. New snow accumulation of 1 to 2 inches Saturday afternoon, with an additional 1 to 2 inches possible Saturday night. Sunday, snow likely with a high near 29 degrees. New snow accumulation of 4 to 8 inches is possible. The National Weather Service has issued an avalanche watch for the Reno and Greater Lake Tahoe area from now until 7 a.m. Sunday morning. And in Sacramento and Woodland, tonight, showers likely with a low around 38 degrees. Saturday, mostly cloudy with a high near 50 and a low around 41 degrees. Sunday, showers mainly between 11 a.m. and 5 p.m. You're listening to the Evening News on KVMR.
All this snow has emergency services top of mind for many. Coming up, KVMR intern news producer Julia Jem investigates the state of Nevada County's Red Cross chapter. The American Red Cross in Nevada County assists in providing shelter and support for members of the community during severe weather events like fires, floods, or high-intensity storms. In broader California, the atmospheric river events that occurred recently caused power outages, flooding, more than 500 landslides, closed highways, caused sinkholes, and did damage to infrastructure, with recovery costs rising to billions of dollars. Here in Nevada County, Red Cross teams on the ground conduct damage assessments to determine the impact of local storms, aid in fallen tree removal, and assist people in need of places to stay, whether they've been unhoused prior to severe weather events or are newly unhoused as a result of home damage caused by those events. With increased demand for Red Cross services comes increased demand for Red Cross volunteers, given that the organization is 90% volunteer-run. I spoke with Robbie Rushke, a supervisor volunteer for Nevada County's American Red Cross, about the state of local organization needs. My name is Robbie Rushke, and I'm a volunteer for the American Red Cross in the function of a supervisor. Uh, we mainly uh, respond to house fires and we open shelters. Um, we respond to any kind of disaster. We are a disaster action team, and I'm a first responder for them. I asked Robbie how the Red Cross in Nevada County has been functioning during recent weather events and how strong he felt its current volunteer supply was in correlation to that surge in activity. Uh, yeah, in our area, uh, especially right now, we don't have enough volunteers and we have to bring people in from out of town. And that's very difficult because they have to pay for their own gas to come over here. And sometimes people drive for 50 miles to help us out because we don't have enough volunteers in the wider Grass Valley, uh, Nevada City area. Our uh, uh, area goes all the way up to um, Sierra City, halfway down to Auburn, uh, all the way up the 20 corridor, all the way to 49 corridor, North San Juan and beyond. So we have a pretty big area that we cover, and we're in desperate need of more volunteers. The Red Cross is uh, purely volunteer-based, 90% volunteer-based, and um, we don't uh, have any kind of political affiliation nor any religious affiliation. However, we do work with government agencies in conjunction with government agencies and also in conjunction with the churches. Like in bigger disasters, uh, we bring in some of the churches to help us with uh, feeding the people, for example, and with other logistics. And so what is the volunteer experience? How does that start? Do you train? Can you pick specific volunteer tasks? What does that look like? Yeah, so the best is, if anybody's interested, is to uh, go online and go to redcross.org slash volunteer, and it will guide you through the process of becoming a volunteer. Uh, uh, most of the training, 95% of the training is online. You watch a video, take a simple test, multiple choice question test um, and then uh, that's that's how you prepare yourself to become a volunteer as in the uh, disaster action team and is that kind of an on-call once you are registered as a volunteer yes uh, um, you're on call uh, for for us here because there's only a couple of guys here that do what i do um, we basically are available 24 uh, 7 hopefully that will change if we get more volunteers 
and you get notified through a text message. Then you respond via a text message that you respond to a scene. And then when you get to the scene, you're on scene and off scene. It works very similar than the fire department or the police department operates. And what would you say, just out of curiosity, is the, would you say the summer months during fire season are the most demanding? Mm, well, the wild and fires, of course, uh, a lot of times we have to open shelters for that. But it goes throughout the year. You know, in the wintertime, it could be um, large storms where people cannot get back into their houses, a, a tree falls on their house and, and so on. Some days, periods, it comes in, like right when the winter starts, a lot of people start heating their houses. Uh, a lot of people have inadequate equipment to heat their houses. So we have a lot of house fires as the winter season begins. So it changes throughout the year. You know, like recently we had these floods down in Sacramento. There was over 600 uh, Red Cross volunteers that helped out with uh, shelters that were opened at different places. And... Everybody is always very jazzed to help out. Before leaving, I asked Robbie why exactly he chooses to do this and what he feels he gets out of it in return. Here's what he had to say. Um, <clears throat> all I can say is my personal experience. I've been doing it now for a year and a half. And I've been to probably 30, 40 calls. I issued several thousand dollars to people helping them out. And all I can say is that it is extremely rewarding to help people. Um, I have a background in fire department and as a paramedic, um, and I volunteered all my life for that very reason, because this is very emotionally very rewarding. You, you directly help somebody out, literally in a lot of cases on the worst day of their lives. The people that are involved in it, they are very happy to do so. For KVMR, I'm Julia Jem. Russia invaded Ukraine exactly one year ago to this day. According to statistics from Reuters, it's displaced approximately 14 million people. The invasion has led to the deaths of over 42,000 civilians, with at least 15,000 people actively missing. This number doesn't even touch the estimated 200,000 Russian troops killed or wounded, or Ukraine's 100,000 killed or wounded soldiers and it's caused over $350 billion in property damage, as homes, schools, hospitals, and centuries-old buildings have been turned to piles of rubble. A local group in Nevada County doesn't want those a world away from the front lines to forget this protracted battle. KVMR's Felton Pruitt has the details ahead. We're talking with Walt Stroney. He's the Artistic Advisor for Arts at Peace, and they're putting on a Ukraine benefit concert at the Peace Lutheran Church in Grass Valley this Sunday at 4 p.m. Thanks for talking with us, Walt. It's good to be here. So I guess we're just past the one-year anniversary of Russia's invasion of Ukraine, and uh, you guys are trying to help them out. Well, you know, we did the same thing last year, and we were searching inward and decided we needed to do it again, because, you know, this could go on for a long time. We have no idea. What exactly is going to happen at the event on Sunday afternoon? Well, we have eight musicians, eight groups of musicians who have volunteered their services to um, perform for us to help raise this money. And if you'd like, I can list them. I mean, it's um, George Husarik, who is the director of the Grass Valley Mail Choir. And of course, the Grass Valley Mail Choir will be there. Eric Howe, who is a wonderful baritone who has retired here. He's a professor from, from the Bay Area. 
and he'll be singing. And pianist Ken Harden, who is the artistic director for In Concert Sierra, he'll be playing the piano. And young classical pianist Toby Thomas Rose, and we have a saxophone piano duo, Paul Trethway and Linda Schneider, that they're going to be playing as well. And of course, Tom Greathouse, who's the organist, music director at Episcopal Church, will also be playing. He'll be doing one of his cabaret acts. And uh, of course, I'll be playing on the new Pipe Digital organ at Peace Lutheran. So it's going to be a lot of variety. It, you know, it's not just classical. It's not any one style. It's a little jazz, a little Broadway, some, cla- you know, just a little of everything. How does this money get collected and where does it actually go to? It's going to Lutheran World Relief, which is an organization, uh, part of the Lutheran Church. And, and basically, they are funded by the Lutheran Church. So all the money that they collect goes directly to the Ukraine. Nothing goes to administration or anything like that. So, you know, every dollar that people give goes right to the Ukraine. And if people want to get more information about all of this, I imagine there's a website they can go to. Yes, we have a website. Um, it's uh, peacelutherngv.org. Now, Walt, why did you want to get involved with this personally? Well, you know, that's kind of interesting. I, I've been involved with doing fundraisers for pretty much all of my career. And I'm a professional musician. I play concerts around the world, actually. And... Um, I don't know. You know, I live here in Grass Valley, and, and you know, you just got to do something to help the world. I mean, people have been very supportive of me, uh, of my career, and it's nice to be able to you know, give something back. And uh, this is not the first one. And we've done other, you know, fundraisers for for the Houston flood. I, you know, I've, I've done one for the tsunami. I mean, it just goes on and on. And it's just fun. It's great to get people together. Uh, they have a good time, and, and the musicians have a chance to show what they can do, and no pressure. You know, everybody wins. So who put this particular benefit on Sunday together? Well, to be honest with you, it was the pastor's idea, and uh, a group of us have put it all together, but I'm kind of doing all the you know fine details. You know, all of our events at Peace Lutheran have a wine and cheese reception afterward, and it gives a chance to for people to meet. They'll get to meet all the musicians and It's just kind of a fun afternoon. Well, it sounds like a great event, and uh, we thank you for uh, continuing to try and help people around the world. Of course, the situation in Ukraine, it's been a year and a few days now, and it hasn't gone away. No, it hasn't. You know, we're thinking about what's going on in Turkey, and, you know, there's, uh, you know, we need to do everything we can do to help all these people. So we've got the Musicians for Peace Uh, holding the Ukraine Benefit Concert at Peace Lutheran Church in Grass Valley. It's this Sunday, February 26, 4 p.m. Now, I've got a phone number here, a 530-273-9631. Can they call that for more information? Yes, they can. All right. That's that's the church office. Okay, and then it's on the web. It's peacelutherangv.org for more information, arts at peace. Uh, Sounds like a wonderful afternoon uh, of fun and music. Well, we hope so, and, and we're hoping, and I, you know, I should finish by saying that we're hoping that we can have the event uh, with the weather doing what it is. Um, there may be a chance that we'll have to cancel. We'll make that decision on Saturday. You know, if the roads are impassable, if it's like December was last year, we'll have to cancel and reschedule, but we're hoping that we can go forward. All righty. Well, thanks so much for your time and your efforts, Walt. Thank you. We've been talking with Walt Stroney, the 
Artistic Advisor for Arts at Peace at Peace Lutheran Church in Grass Valley. Have a great event. Thank you. That's our newscast for this Friday, February 24th. Visit us online at kvmr.org and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. The KVMR Evening News is produced by KVMR News Director Claudio Mendoza. As always, thanks for tuning in. I'm Kelly Reese, signing off. Have a great weekend and stay safe out there.